Okay, everyone, welcome back to the second episode of The Lion Chat with my co-host, Danny Faye. Danny, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. Second time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are going to get right into this because we have an interesting conversation. We are just talking offline. We have what would seem like you would pick one side versus the other, but I don't know that I'm totally on one side or the other in this, and it might make for some interesting points of conversation throughout today, but we're going to talk a lot about working harder versus working smarter. I'm going to start this up because I have a lot of thoughts with it, and then I'll let you kind of roll with some of it after that. So I'm just going to dive right into this. When I think of working harder versus working smarter, the whole reason that this conversation started was because we were talking about how it's not necessarily a bad thing to work hard, right? Like that's what got this whole thing started. But there's definitely something to be said about working smarter, being efficient with your time. Energy management is like a big thing that over the past couple of years have really come to appreciate versus like quote unquote traditional time management. So it's about where you put your energy towards the things that need it the most and how that, you know, just formulates this whole, you know, working harder versus working smarter option, whatever one you want to choose. For me, I just don't know that you can have one without the other. Like, I think they complement each other enough where you have to be able to put in that like hard purposeful work and that will allow you to figure out like how you can be more efficient. But like, if you're not working hard, it doesn't matter how efficient you are. Right. So like, that's where, that's where things go off the rails for me. Does that make sense? Like if you, if you're not working hard, then it doesn't matter how efficient you are because the work quality is probably not going to be there. I agree with that. Especially with the, when you brought up the uh, conserving your energy, because it's such a long, if you say like in my shoes, you have an, and a student athlete, you got workouts in the morning, you got three or four classes, mm-hmm. you have to do treatment, you have to do a hitting individual, and then you have practice, and you're probably walking out of the softball building around 8.39. So you've been up since 5.50. And sometimes, like at the individual, uh, you're definitely working smarter, in my opinion. You have 15 minutes with a coach, one-on-one, and just yesterday, I literally did not touch a machine ball. Like, we did not turn on the machine. <laughs> And we were doing strictly T work. And sometimes you just got to do that. Mm -hmm. But then other days you need to get mass amount of reps to be able to rep out something that you're trying to shake out of your system. Mm -hmm. And even that comes along with uh, quantity versus quality, because that is the first thing that I thought of Mm -hmm. when we brought up this topic last time, working harder versus working smarter. And the quality piece is definitely the work harder and the quantity is definitely work smarter. So I think it does vary. I do agree with your, because I came into this, I was like, oh, what, what side am I going to pick? You know, <laughs> but definitely complement each other. And I feel like it has to be a good balance, like almost weekly, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because you can't just come into practice. And first of all, you don't know what it's, what you're going to expect. And yesterday, for example, we, did strictly scrimmages because we have games this weekend. So we wanted to see at live at bats. And I think I got three or four live at bats yesterday. But if since it's game week, 
there's no point of us repping at this point we're four weeks in we know what's we've done mass amount of reps we've done the three lane we've done all of that so it comes down to now okay let's focus on a smaller sample size to be able to get the job done immediately one time okay you did it do it again you did that okay do it again to be able to replicate so definitely varies on what you're trying to accomplish and what part of your season you're in Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah or even like from a job point of perspective, if you have a deadline, you, you're going to have to work harder. And sometimes you, like as a journalism major, we learned that sometimes you just don't get the right quote yeah. for, for the uh, article that you're, you're writing. And you just have to be like, well, this is what I have. I worked really hard. That's all I got. So definitely compliment each other in a really interesting way, but I've never broken it down like this. So <laughs> it's really interesting to hear your feedback too. Yeah. This is definitely not going to be like a Skip Bayless type of, you know, back and forth with Stephen A. Smith, where you have to have an opinion on one or the other. And you brought up a really interesting point about something that a lot of people can really relate to. So if you're a student athlete, you're getting up in the early morning, you're doing everything that you did. You walked us through, that's a, what, a 16 hour day, 15, 16 hour day that is a pretty regular basis, right? Move on to a young adult, you know, somebody that has tons of student loans they need to pay off. So they're working a traditional nine to five corporate business type job. In addition to that, they're working, you know, maybe three or four nights a week at a restaurant, for example, or at a gym and they're working until nine, 10 o'clock at night. And maybe they got up before they went to work to get their workout in themselves. And so again, you're talking about like a 15, 16 hour day. Fast forward a few years to if you start a family and you have kids, your kids are up you know, five, six o'clock in the morning. So maybe you're getting up even earlier because you want some alone time going through your full day. Who knows what happens in the evening? Maybe you're going to their games, little league games, soccer games, piano recitals, whatever it is. And then at night, you're trying to just wind down from taking care. So no matter what point of life you're in, the point is you are consistently having to determine how to navigate through these very long days. The good majority of people, there are obviously people that just do not want that type of life and for whatever means they can make it work, they will not do that. Like they, that's what I refer to pretty much as lazy people and they're not really contributing, but the people who are motivated and the people that are contributing, they are putting in like 15, 16 hour days where there is a lot getting done. And if you are just 100% for that entirety of the day, There's no way you're going to make it throughout the entire week, week after week after week. Like you have to be able to figure out where you can let off the gas a little bit. And I know for me, you know, that is in in my line of work, that's where I'm doing things where I'm researching and I'm, so I'm, I'm not like using as much of the focus muscles, like in my brain as if I was doing something like this, where I'm communicating with you and I have to really be on because we want to put out a really solid product to people, but I'm not on all day. Like it would be exhausting to work hard all day long. So I totally get it. 
And I think like where the distinction comes into play a lot of times is in the business world. And you talk about like somebody, you, I don't, I don't know if it is still as much of a thing as it used to be uh, a little while back, but when you're giving like a bad performance review or something, it's really easy for somebody to say, well, they're just not working hard enough. Well, what does that actually mean? Like that doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just a quote that somebody came up with probably like 40 years ago and nobody like looked into see like what working hard actually means. So like to define it yourself, I think is a huge step forward and everybody can relate just like the examples I just walked us through, those are just three examples. There are so many different things, obviously, in this world. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Like, you don't know what someone else's working hard looks like sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, especially being on a team and uh, seeing so many different personalities, you definitely you can't even be like, oh, they're having a bad day. You can't be like, they're not working hard. You just might be like, well. They might have their t- – we always talk about our gas tank. If it has 50%, give that 50% to the team. Say you had a long day, you had an exam, you had three classes. Bring the 50%, we'll take it, and we'll still be grateful for it. Mm-hmm. But coming off of the working smarter and the harder, I think a mental piece comes in too, which is definitely the higher-level athletes that have it tapped into like – like clockwork. Like they know how to show up and say, okay, I'm running. Someone's running me into the ground right now. Say you're at lift, say you're at conditioning, but I'm, you can be mentally checked out for that. In my opinion, you have to run, touch a line and come back how many times. And honestly, sometimes your mind does shut down just to be able to make it and just be around your teammates and cheer each other on. That's the only three things that you need to be worried about that time. But come practice, you need to be able to be so mentally checked in too. not only just working hard, but I think that's what comes in with the working smarter is when you have to check in with yourself. Because I, I mean, I check, I catch myself in the outfield being like, all right, there's a runner on second. We're going for if it's on the ground and then I hit at practice, we get in a have speed in the box and there's a gapper in the left center field and I'm throwing it to the wrong cut because I wasn't thinking. And that definitely, cause I'm throwing it to second instead of third. And that definitely is something that I'm like, Oh, like make sure you check in. And we do breathing before practice to be able to mentally set ourselves to say, okay, we're going, how much is in our gas tank? This is the only thing that matters right now. And being able to mentally check in, being able to mentally assure that you are here and where state being where your feet are while working hard definitely leans towards the working smarter side, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the negative aspects of working harder. So we talked about the burnout aspect. That's definitely one of them. But I think one of the other misconceptions maybe of the working harder is like, pounding the table, like consistently doing all you need to do to get the result that you're looking for without really understanding what it is that you're actually doing, like the process for it. So it just reminds me of when people have, have you defined the, have you defined insanity? What is insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, if you're working hard, but you're doing something that's not producing results, then it doesn't matter how hard you work. 
So Mm -hmm. that's definitely like a negative part of the work harder aspect. And I think that comes to, for me at least, one of the interesting things that I'm, and I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to try to pretend that I know all of what I'm talking about right now, but there are basically like two methods for efficiency when you're talking about like how you're going to get something done. And a lot of times people follow what's called the waterfall effect. So it's taking from start to finish. So what do you have to do at the start and breaking down like each step? So if you like look at a flow chart, uh, some type of business proposal or like for your team goals, maybe even like what's the ultimate team goal to win the national championship, right? So you would start from day one and say like, okay, this is as a team, what we're going to do. And these are each steps that we need to make along the way in order to get to that point. So that was a concept, I guess that was, that came about during world war one. And apparently if you study world war one and I haven't done this, so again, this is why I'm not really an expert, but this is what I've read. So I'm hoping that it's accurate, but if you read on the history of World War One, apparently the approaches and the tactics that they used for warfare were outdated even for that time. I mean, they're totally outdated now. Like we don't do trench warfare anymore. That's just not something we do. Yet corporate America, by and large, still uses those methods for doing big projects. Like there's the really good story of 9-11 that the FBI had all of the information in different departments, but nobody knew how to centralize it. So they were using that waterfall effect and nobody knew how to put it all together. So there's a, another method that's called Scrum. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Scrum before. Again, this is my basic understanding of it, but basically it's you take the end result and you work backwards. And that allows you to become more efficient. And I'm still learning exactly how that actually works (laughs) because I was definitely under the impression that the waterfall method was like the better way to do it. Yeah. But apparently the scrum method, and this is something I was just introduced to by a colleague rather recently, and I'm reading a book. It's really great. I can put it in the show notes for anybody that's interested. It's by Jeffrey Sutherland, I believe. It's called Scrum, The Art of Doing Things in Half the Time, something like that. And I mean, just super interesting and really easy to read. And I think the whole efficiency aspect of what we're talking about today is is where like the passion for me lies. Like how do we make things more efficient so that when we are working hard and we are being purposeful, we are doing things that are going to equate and give us what we want at the end of the day. Like why are we doing the work if it's not going to lead to what we want? It doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. And I know I just ranted on forever there, but that's super interesting to me now that I've been introduced to it. And I'm definitely going to dive a little bit more so that I can speak to it on a more expert basis. And maybe even like, I think you can get Scrum certified and different things like that. So I might even, yeah, I might even look into that because that would be super fun, like the nerdy side of me. But the efficiency part is I think where my passion is and how that's why I can like sit here and have this conversation and say like work hard or work smart. No, I want to blend because I want to be efficient mm-hmm. with everything. Mm-hmm. That scrum is interesting because we made fall goals and spring goals and the top of each of them is the end result. Yeah. Fall is to be undefeated for our fall. And then the national championship is for the spring. Sure. So 
I'm thinking like we're kind of doing that, not even knowing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the blend of the I think once you tap into the blend, that's when you're really getting a lot of work done. Yeah. In that, my opinion. No matter what you're doing, no matter if you're training for a marathon, you are training to try to get a job or just to be a better you, honestly. Yeah. No, that's definitely where the magic is. And like when you're talking about these goals that your team has, like part of it is not even to fault the person or the people that came up with the ideas. It's just that they don't know any better. Like we've been taught for so long that, and it's like the same thing. And a a lot of my examples come from the corporate world because that's pretty significantly where my background comes from. It's like the same frustration that comes to me that we still use a 40 hour you know, five-day work week, which was something that was a part of industrial times. So like something that was equated back in the early 20th century. The 40-hour, five-day-a-week method and model isn't good for what we do, but by and like what we do now, especially in America, I, I don't know about worldwide necessarily, but by and large, companies still abide to that. Like it is like this thing that nobody can break away from. They're like, no, it must be nine to five, like eight to five, whatever it is. And it's the same thing now, like with this waterfall, whether it's your coaches, whether it's you, unless you've been introduced to this new method, you don't know any better, right? I didn't know any better until a week ago. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm wondering if we can give a little bit of practical advice for the listeners today. So we're definitely in agreement that where the magic happens as far as these two extremes go is meeting somewhere in the middle and being efficient. Do you have any practical tips or advice that you can give as far as like how you find to be more efficient with your time and how that can equate to somebody else's life? Uh, Yes, for sure. I think that when you have time to do the small things, to take advantage of it as small as laundry, Mm -hmm. like that's still something that is on your plate. And another tip that I would give would be making time for yourself to mentally decompress because that is something that I've learned that is so huge from a everyday growing up kind of life, not just going 100% all the time and being able to take a step back and say, okay, I'm going to, even if it's just driving, I know driving is like something that is really relaxing to me. And I live about 10 minutes off of campus now being able to say, okay, I'm not going to, well, you don't go on your phone while driving anyways, but I'm not (laughs) going to listen to music. I'm not going to look at my phone and I'm just going to drive to campus and think. And honestly, sometimes that's just what you need to set up a day or to reset for something that is important in the afternoon too, or, and you still have a long day and you just, Walking to walking around campus too, just listening to music, not looking at my phone, and just decompressing mentally. So yeah, those would be my two tips for sure. I love that, and I think taking care of yourself first is like the ultimate piece of advice you can give for anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I love that, and I guess my advice would be towards a couple things as well. The first is limit your multitasking. So. Like you said, you should be off your phone anyways in the car, but like don't text and drive. Uh, When you're on a phone call with somebody, like don't be on your laptop, like trying to read something else. 
when you're in class, like don't be checking your phone for text and for other emails and things like that. Just allow yourself to be in the moment. And that is going to keep you more focused, more fresh. Like you, people think multitasking is a great attribute to have, but you're really just wasting energy. <laughs> so, yeah, and it speeds everything up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just poor management of, of your time and energy. And I think so like to piggyback off that might, other piece of advice, and this is something that admittedly I still really struggle with, is scheduling out your day to reflect like how you can how you can do the most with um, having the least amount of big changes. So, to give you like a, a work example, if somebody is a sales person and they need to make a lot of phone calls, but they also have to do a lot of like scouting, a lot of research to find potential leads. There's evidence out there that says you should spend like one full day doing all your phone calls and another day doing all of your research and all your computer work and maybe administrative, like answering emails, those type of things. And when you try to like mix them in and go back and forth, that really sucks the energy out of you because it's like you have to mentally switch off into switch on and off into like these totally different ways that you're working. And obviously not all of us can like model our ideal day 100% the way that we do. But if you can limit the amount of like big change that you have to do. So if you have like a day that's really heavy with class, you know, maybe you're not, maybe that's a day like in, in, I don't know that this would actually work, but maybe that's a day where you go lighter in the gym or something like that. Um, because you know that you're going to be putting a lot of energy and focus into your class if you're a student right now. Whereas you'll be, by the time you get to the gym, or even if you went to the gym early, you want to conserve that energy that, you know, maybe on a Friday, if you only have like one or two classes, then you can hit the gym a little bit harder. It's a little bit of a mix of time and energy management with those two tips. And again, it just brings us back to efficiency. So super interesting conversation. And I know we probably could talk a lot more about it, but I want to move us into a little bit of an update on your leadership journey. would love to hear how things are going now. Almost, yeah, a month in already with school, right? Yeah, yeah it's like four weeks now in this season. So uh, exciting news is that we start our fall season this, this weekend, tomorrow. Nice. And we're playing local teams in Pennsylvania, no Big Ten teams, obviously, that's not allowed. And um, <laughs> super exciting because now we finally get to put, we call our team a tribe because it's not a team, it's a gathering of people for the same goal. And we're the 55, 55th team in the country, and we're the oldest softball program in the country, fun fact for you. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> second is Arizona at 54. So yeah, we're... Tribe 55 and finally being able to put ourselves not against each other and put ourselves on a team versus a team on the field and see how we do in a game setting, see how the newbies do in a game setting. Sure. And that energy is just on game days, uncomparable to anything else. That is my favorite thing to be able to walk into the locker room and we all eat breakfast together and walk into the locker room and it starts immediately. And we're all so excited. We all have smiles on our faces. It doesn't matter what else is going on. It's game day. So I think the from a leadership uh, point of view, I bring a lot of that energy being my um, extrovert self. So being able to bring more of a uh, upbeat energy, don't let them get down 
And I do have a bad habit of getting into my head, but <laughs> be trying to be there for my team kind of pushes that aside to be able to just stay upbeat and provide energy for them. That's awesome. Have you noticed, so now that you are an upper class woman and you're taking on some additional responsibilities, which means taking on some additional time, have you noticed that you've had to maybe alter your expectations for what you can handle versus like what's realistic on a daily basis? Yeah, for sure. Um, What we're struggling right now as a team is um, communication and bunting. So uh, yesterday I put a bunting group together. So even like when I was a sophomore or a freshman, I would probably not put it into the group me and say, hey, I'm bunting tomorrow at this time with this picture, like this message if you want to be in it. And then I would add every single person into our team calendar. Mm -hmm. So even something as small as that. And we also had to, I thought it was very important for us to watch film for our infield and outfield communication off the field because the coaches only have so many hours to go through that stuff with us. So me and my other teammate put it together. And one of our fall goals is to meet off the field bi-weekly because it is hard to find time together. But just being able to get off the field, we put together some film up on my TV and we watched it together. And even just discussing and leading a discussion, buying pizza for the girls and just sitting down as a team and say, okay, we're going to get better this way without being physical. And then tomorrow we're going to have a bunting group because that's another thing that we are not good at right now. Very cool. I would love to go to one of those. If you're providing free pizza, you should, I'll I'll take a trip up next time. (laughs) Yeah. Domino's. So not too fancy. (laughs) Hey, but you know, you're always getting at least a good slice with Domino's. So that's right. (laughs) That's amazing. All right. Well, uh, we're going to finish off here today's episode with some motivational quotes. Today, we did not take a sneak peek to see what our quotes were beforehand. So we don't know if they're going to mesh up in the same way that they did the first time. But who do you want to go first? You want to go or you want me to go first? You go first. I went first last time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my quote, I was thinking about, I try to be somewhat timely with things, even if the quote itself isn't timely from the person who said it. But I am a New York Giants fan, and this week has been a change in guard at starting quarterback for the first time since I was, oh, geez, 2004. What was I? I was in high school, I believe. Yeah, maybe like a freshman in high school. It's been that long that uh, Eli Manning has been the starting quarterback for the New York Giants, minus one game a couple years ago, and that was very short-lived. But this time it seems a little bit more real since they selected Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes from Duke with the number six pick. So I thought I would find a really good quote from Eli because he is somebody that obviously he had some really good success with the Giants, won two Super Bowls. And honestly, he's been one of my favorite players. You can ask my friends. I liked Eli even before he won the Super Bowls when people wanted to you know, cut him his after his like first week and everything. And, but Eli, to me, the reason I think that I've liked him in addition to some of the really great successes that he's had and the joy that's brought me as a fan is just because he is like the, the consummate professional. Like he puts the work in 
And so it goes really well with everything that we talked about today, but you can't be an Eli Manning, be the all-time leader in the amount of games that you play in a row in NFL history at a position that is so demanding and is so physical, even though it's less physical than it was 20 years ago. You can't be that without having really great preparation, working really hard, but also being really efficient. Like you can't have longevity without being efficient. Um, so the, uh, the quote I found is pretty simple and it just talks about commitment, but, uh, Eli Manning said, be committed to whatever you're doing. That's something I've taken to heart and tried to do with whatever activities I take up. And I think for anybody again, who's just known Eli as a player over the years, they know that he did the work to, uh, be the starting quarterback for the giants represent the organization in a really great way for a long time. And if this is the end, I said this the other day, it was a hell of a ride, but I certainly wanted to just shout out somebody that has meant a lot to me. And I think just fit really well with our conversation today too. Yeah. I'm a Giants fan too. We know we like our New York teams, but (laughs) that was something that was hard to swallow for sure but you know you still gotta stick with our guys but that's a good one i love it (laughs) it does go really well mine is from jim abbott if you're a mlb fan you should know about him because he's pretty much a legend because he played major league baseball with one hand who does that and was very good (laughs) so played on four different uh baseball teams in the mlb over a course of 10 years and i also chose it from my mind gym mind gym book again And this is my favorite chapter. It's called Getting Over Yourself, which I struggle with as a player. So Jim's uh, quote is, I work very hard. I felt I could play the game. The only thing that could stop me was myself. And that being said, coming off of the mental working hard and working, uh, uh, working harder, being able to check in mentally and say, okay, it's a game. I shouldn't take it that seriously. And when I go one for four, I still went one for four. And I just being able to hear that from somebody that is, doesn't have two hands, (laughs) just putting it out there because that is just inspirational itself. Like he wasn't getting in his way and he actually did have a reason to doubt himself, but he still didn't. And he was very successful in his career. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be. Absolutely. Yeah. Jim is really inspirational. Obviously pitched a no hitter with the Yankees. That was really cool. I think he won at least one gold medal too with the United States in the Olympics when they were still doing baseball. But that is a really cool quote because I think you and I are similar and I've only known you for a little while, but I think one of the reasons why we click is because we expect a lot from ourselves and because of that, I'd have to imagine you're similar in that I'm like the biggest self-critic. Like if anyone ever doubts that they haven't (laughs) like that, they're trying to drill something into my head or that I don't get it, or I'm not understanding something, whatever it is, like you can bet that I've already had that conversation in my head, like 3000 times already and trying to figure it out or trying to understand it better. So it can definitely be something that gets in the way if you let it because we're so difficult on ourselves sometimes unnecessarily. And that was something that I certainly had to learn and something that because it's just innately 
part of who I am that it still creeps up from time to time. I'm certainly better with it than I was in high school when it was probably the worst it was. And then I got a little bit better with it in college. And now as I'm getting into my thirties, now I'm getting even better with it, but it's one of those things that, yeah, it can really eat you up. So you have to not let it get to you. Otherwise it's going to stop, especially if it's like a physical talent thing, like it can just destroy you. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that it'll, some days you come, you come to practice, you're like, I'm the best player in the world. <laughs> like You just have that, that flow piece in your head, which is actually a real scientific, uh, a word it's in, it's a flow in your pre prenatal cortex uh, is actually so engaged in what you're doing that it completely takes over everything in your mind. Oh, so cool. you have nothing else to think about. <laughs> so that's, I learned that the past three weeks of school. So that's actually, and now that I, when I'm in it, I'm like, Oh, I'm in flow. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, definitely something that I think every single athlete struggles with at some point in their life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. How cool. We're both learning so many things and that's making these conversations even better because we're just getting to, I mean, we're talking about them one-on-one, but obviously sharing with whoever decides they want to listen. So uh, that's, that's a really cool aspect, but all right. Well, I think we're getting towards the end of this. Danny, any last pieces of advice or wisdom or anything you want to leave with us before we get going today? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, just, just being able to find that middle of the work harder and work smarter, which I now have more information to work off of to help me figure that out, which is never ending battle in anybody's life, in my opinion. So yeah. Yeah, I think I learned a lot from you and uh, hopefully everyone learned a lot from this conversation today. But we'll be back again sometime in October. We'll figure that out with your softball schedule, but we'll figure everything out and hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone.